This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. This week will also be a very important one for the future of the Supreme Court. Hearings will get underway towards the confirmation of Neil Gorsuch to be the next addition to the U.S.'s highest court. It has been over a year since the death of Justice Antonin Scalia. We had the blockade put in place last year that prevented hearings from moving forward. Uh, But these hearings are expected to be a challenge as well as after the events surrounding the vacancy last year. To take a look on what we should expect to see coming out of the Senate Judiciary Committee this week, we're joined in studio by Wharton Professor Eric Ortz of Legal Studies and Business Ethics here at the University of Pennsylvania, as well as Director of the Initiative for Global Environmental Leadership. And uh, also joining us is Billy Corrier, who is Deputy Director for Legal Process at the Center for American Progress. Eric, great to see you again. Very good to be here. Thank you, Bill. Great to have you on the show with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bill, I guess, how do you see these hearings playing out, and what are the important things that that you're really focusing on as as we get these going here? Um, Well, I mean, I'm really interested in hearing um, about the impact of Judge Gorsuch's rulings, about the impact of his views of the law on ordinary Americans. Um, what is you know what would his confirmation mean for American workers and American consumers? Uh, those are the kind of questions that I hope uh, we hear tomorrow. Eric, what about yourself? Well, I think that that's a good point. I, I think what's going to come out. Uh, we've already seen some uh, analyses about this. Uh, he's a very pro-business uh, uh, appointment. Uh, we're probably going to have uh, there's. My, my guess is, as you, most of these uh, hearings are, no matter who it is, they're going to be highly political. They're high, yeah. highly political in this era. And that uh, I don't expect that that's going to be ever any different. In this case, the Democrats are under a lot of pressure from their base to uh, – to uh, oppose this nomination. Yeah. Um, I think there's actually a very problematic uh, history, as you mentioned. Um, it's, it was unprecedented where, last year where Merrick Garland, who yeah. was uh, thought by many to be fully qualified, had no problem ever being confirmed for anything, uh, uh, had been very what had been and is very highly respected by both Democrats and Republicans in the law, uh, and basically was denied any hearing whatsoever. And so, what happens? And I think um, uh, Judge Gorsuch even commented on this uh, previously, not in the last round. Uh, what happens when you politicize the uh, situation on one side? Then it comes back the other way, and you sure. are just going to continue it. So my expectation is that that will continue. And the biggest question really is, uh, once you lay out all the different issues, is whether the Democrats will uh, take this to a uh, to the point of a filibuster. Uh, what happened last year is that the filibuster was eliminated by the Democrats when yeah. they were in a majority. Uh, well, not uh, it, uh, and and what uh, what that basically meant is that for all judges, lower federal judges except for the Supreme Court, you eliminated the filibuster so you could right. put through uh, judge appointments, uh, judicial appointments by a majority. And so the big question now is, will the Democrats pull that trigger now, and that would then force the Republicans to eliminate the filibuster and. There's a real question of whether they're going to do that. My guess is they would do that, and then you would basically have an increased uh, situation. You would have established even more strongly this idea that uh, the Supreme Court nominations are heavily political. It doesn't really matter if you have very highly qualified candidates. Right. 
both of these candidates, if you think of Merrick Gardland, very, very highly qualified, and by all accounts I've seen so far, Gorsuch is in the same position, very highly qualified. And in uh, previously normal time, quote unquote normal times, sure. Uh, we would have uh, probably seen both of those candidates confirmed. The process, uh, Bill, as, as it will play out, it for those people that that haven't seen a uh, a hearing like this before, it is is it similar to what we have seen with the other nominees that uh, for the Trump cabinet that they went through. Well, I mean, I think that remains to be seen. Um, I do think, though, that given what has happened with some of the president's uh, other nominees, um, I, I do think that sort of raises the bar for Judge Gorsuch. I mean, we had uh, an attorney general confirmation hearing in which, you know, the majority in the Senate really wanted to to rush the process to get one of their own fellow Republican senator, um, you know, in the seat. And we didn't find out until later on um, about these, you know, undisclosed contacts with Russian officials and things like that. Right. Um, so I think that everything that's happened with other appointees certainly raises the bar for Judge Gorsuch. And I think um, given some of the president's own statements um, about the courts, about what kind of justice he's going to appoint, um, I, I think uh, there's a lot of questions being raised about um, – you know, whether it's appropriate for a president who um, has shown such a disregard for the role of the courts in our democracy, um, you know, to, to choose a, a, a person for this lifetime appointment, um, you know, someone who's going to serve on the court for decades and decades, Judge Gorsuch is, um, is pretty young for a Supreme Court justice. Um, and if he gets on the court, he's going to be on there for decades. Yeah, I think another question that a number of people have raised is uh, whether this is uh, whether we're pushing this too fast. I mean, it was no problem to wait uh, when uh, the Republican Senate decided to wait for uh, nine months uh, and 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 cancel the appointment of right. uh, of of Garland. I don't see the rush now. I mean, it, it seems like why why do you have? It seems like the Supreme Court's been working all right. Why rush this through? The other problem I th- I see is that this is, once you confirm a Supreme Court appointment, that is finished. And right now we have a big question of actually what is um, what is happening with this administration. What's the truth with respect to the Russian connections and the election? Right. So some people have uh, I saw um, uh, Dali Lethwick uh, uh, in Slate has argued. Wick, sorry, uh, had argued that uh, we should postpone this because we don't know that the regime is basically going to stick around. Right. So we have we as long as we have questions about whether what's actually happened and were, were the Russians really involved in the election, et cetera, it seems uh, maybe premature to rush this through. It also seems to me that gives another basis on which. Uh, you don't treat this as a normal uh, a normal appointment that you just uh, the Democrats could say wait let's just hold off on this there's too many other things this is being rushed right uh, and rushed through there's no need to rush this through um, now my guess is it will be rushed through because the uh, Senate's running things but I think that would be an additional reason to uh, pull the trigger on a filibuster is there is there bill in your mind is there a a path that the Democrats could take at this point to kind of block uh, just the hearings and, and the process in general moving forward uh, for a, a potential appointment of uh, Judge Gorsuch? Well, I mean, the Republicans have uh, have the majority. Um, and I, I think that there are senators out there who uh, seem like they might be willing to filibuster, which would um, certainly slow things down in terms of, um, you know, getting, getting a confirmation vote. But uh, if, you know, um, as Eric said, if the majority is willing to nuke the filibuster, 
um, that they'll be going forward. But I, I really hope that um, there's a there's a, a deep discussion about Judge Gorsuch's record tomorrow, um, and I hope that that will, um, you know, that will shed some light on some issues that I think the American people want to have answers on before. Um, before we have a vote on on this nominee, what are the specific areas that that you have concerns about about his record? Well, I think the most important thing for me right now um, is Judge Gorsuch and his time at the Department of Justice under President George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a lawyer there in 2005 and 2006, and at that time, the Bush administration was making very um, broad arguments about executive authority. They argued that. Basically, they had um, you know the power to do just about anything when it comes to national security, and that the courts couldn't really do anything to you know try to intervene to protect individual rights. Um, and Judge Gorsuch uh, helped develop a lot of these legal arguments um, for briefs that the Department of Justice filed at the time. And given what's going on with President Trump today, he seems to similarly have a very broad view of executive power, and he seems to suggest that it's not legitimate when courts intervene like they did with the uh, travel ban a couple of times. Um, so I think that is a a really important question right now, given who is currently in the Oval Office. Um, how does Judge Gorsuch feel about executive power and the role of the courts in um, you know, when it comes to national security matters, when those intersect with important constitutional rights. Yeah, I, I guess I disagree a little bit about that because I think that um, uh, uh, Judge Gorsuch's uh, defense on that, and I think there's a lot of merit to this on both sides, that when you're serving in the executive, you're asked to serve as a lawyer for the president. And yeah. so uh, he has said that he, in that role, was serving as a scrivener, certainly, and basically, you know, he's crafting arguments and and, and has uh, said, at least in some of the materials I've seen, that he's trying to make both sides happy, but you're kind of, you're working for someone, you're not sure. acting yeah. as a judge. And so I think um, it may be a little, un- I, I think it's a, certainly fair to inquire about those kinds of questions. My yeah. guess is he's going to have uh, pretty uh, standard answers to those uh, and that there aren't going to be any uh, uh, skeletons that come out of the closet as if, you know, he was he was the major person calling for ter- for, for torture, uh, it's for, for, for the legality of torture, et cetera. So I think that, um, but, but in general, I think my, I would bring us back to the more general question of uh, what these hearings are about. Uh, um, it, it's ba- and it's basically about the politicization of the Supreme Court. Now, I, my own feeling is that we're moving toward a recognition that a lot of questions in the court are political. And so let's sure. just uh, let's just admit that, and then uh, there are going to be a lot of attempts to ask questions by Democrats in these hearings about trying to get the judge to say, okay, well, where do you really stand on abortion, on gay rights, on sure, yeah. uh, executive power? Um, uh, a lot of talk about the Chevron uh, uh, doctrine of deference to administration agents, administrative agencies, originalism. What you're, uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's clear you have a very conservative. Uh, judge who's been appointed, and then the question was going to come down, well, is there a right to appoint him? And the, and the, uh, there's a Republican office, there's a Senate that has a majority, and he's probably going to go through. But I think that in some sense, my feeling is you should just, uh, I would I would suggest you just, you, that the Democrats maybe should bite the bullet and just say, look, if it's going to be political, let's just put it out there. It's going to, and, and, and have it known going yeah. forward that this is how the judicial process is working. I think the old idea, the old ideal, 
was that we would have a rule of law sensibility where both sides respected the norms of the other side. And so if if it was a president, there was a lot of deference given to the president who was elected by the people who then appoints a justice and then you work it out that way. But I think increasingly it appears that that uh, general consensus has broken down, and it's difficult for me to see how it's going to be easily put back together. Well, and there's really no way, Bill, to be able to kind of sugarcoat this at, at this point. I mean, that's kind of what we expect. I think it's what most Americans expect at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably true. And I mean, I think one thing that contributes to this in a big way is the increasing um, partisan divide on the court itself. Um, when you see the justices before Justice Scalia died, breaking down in very predictable 5-4 patterns in right. so many of these cases. Uh, of course, Kennedy um, would sometimes surprise you, you know, as the swing vote. Um, but, you know, when you can guess ahead of time how seven uh, or eight of the nine justices are going to come down on an issue, um, it's hard to argue that the process for picking folks for that court is not going to be politicized as well. How, how much do you think that, that you will really, I mean, obviously, uh, Neil Gorsuch will be prepared to ask, uh, as you guys have both said, a lot of these questions, but, but to a degree, he needs to try and, and kind of walk that middle of the road because he wants to be perceived as, as being impartial for future rulings coming down the path, Bill. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the tightrope that I think all of these judicial nominees have to walk. Um, but, you know, the senators will try their hardest. And I think there are certain um, issues like such as his, his own work experience, his time at the DOJ, where you can um, ask him about that, um, you know, kind of what happened in the past without having to worry that it might come before him as a judge. Right. Um, so I think on those issues where you don't have to worry about creating a conflict of interest in any future case, you should really um, expect the senators to, to push hard. Yeah, my feeling is that on both sides, what happens today is that uh, the senators who are opposed to a new nomination, and it's basically because of judicial philosophy and, and, and politics at, yeah. the, at base, then start to look for stuff that they're going to hang the person with in terms of public opinion. Yeah. And this goes way back. Yeah. It goes back to Bork. It goes back to Thomas. It goes back to uh, a number of uh, previous, uh, previous appointments on both sides. Uh, and I think that Unfortunately, that's a to me. That's basically a, a drama that we have played out that is getting a little bit tiresome, and that it's better to go back to. Uh, I mean, Alexis de Tocqueville mentioned, uh, observed many years ago that uh, in a famous quote, "Scarcely any political question arises in the United States that is not resolved sooner or later into a judicial question." And when other countries look at us, that's really pretty crazy. It's like, how do you decide abortion rights or gay marriage or um, any other controversy on this issue in the United States, it's by going to the Supreme Court eventually. In most other countries, you de- you determine a lot of those issues uh, through a democratic legislative process. And so I think um, we just have to face up to the fact that these issues are political, uh, that the uh, the vote for Trump in the election, a very, very major uh, factor we have to look, look at this, is that the American people understood that. And many right. Americans did not like Trump personally very much. But they, if you ask them, why did you vote for him? They said, well, the Supreme Court, they didn't like the Supreme Court and uh, where it was going and wanted to have uh, a conservative. Uh, appointed, so I think at the end of the day, there is. Uh, it's going to be about politics, and we'll see. We'll see if it's. Uh, uh, my, we'll see. I think the biggest question is uh, there's a lot of interesting legal discussions that will go on about all these different topics. But yeah. the biggest question will be 
are we going to blow up the filibuster on the Supreme Court over this nomination? My guess is that probably uh, probably we're going to go there. Well, the interesting point, Bill, also that was discussed uh, when uh, when Neil Gorsuch's name was first brought up is the fact that uh, not only do you have this vacancy, but you do have the potential in the next couple of years of maybe one or two other vacancies. And that's also a factor into why the question is being asked whether or not that the Democrats should put push exceptionally hard in this case, because they may be dealing with a situation in a year or two, which may be even more important for the path of the of the Supreme Court down the road. Well, I think that's I've heard a lot of folks make that argument, but I don't really see a practical difference in the outcome okay. um, on whether the filibuster is is you know blown up if they go nuclear this time around or for the next um, appointment. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think that either way, you kind of end up with no filibuster for Supreme Court nominees. Um, and, you know, I don't know that the votes on the actual nominees are going to come out any different because of um, when the filibuster was actually nuked. And I think that also, if you look at it's kind of hard to think back, it seems like a long time ago, on the Supreme Court before Justice Scalia died. Right. Um, you had a court in Citizens United that basically said that campaign contributions don't uh, appear corrupt or lead to corruption, you know, so that um, the government can't really regulate that because it violates the free speech rights of corporations. Uh, you had decisions like the Hobby Lobby decision, which Judge Gorsuch uh, had ruled on as a lower court judge, which gave corporations like religious freedom rights. Um, you had a court that favored workers, uh, that favored corporations over workers, corporations over consumers, and I think that a return to that um, as a status quo is something that people should be concerned about. Um, so I hope that they will go hard on this uh, on this nomination. Eric? Yeah, I think those kinds of issues, uh, and I have a, you know, we can talk another time about different questions about whether corporations are persons and what the rights are of them, et cetera. I've written on that elsewhere. But I, I think that it does come down to uh, a judgment about what the political outcomes are about courts. And, and, and it's correct to say Citizens United and other cases that take off the reins for uh, corporate and other individual funding yeah. changes the politics in, in the United States. Yep. And so these are really uh, major issues. But I think in that respect, I would I would again go back to a question of just saying yeah that's what this is we should have uh, these kinds of discussions we will have these discussions in the hearings yeah. but at the end of the day then uh, it does come down to the different differing politics about the the situation and I would uh, agree with I agree with Bill that I think you should uh, invoke the filibuster now uh, it, it makes sense to delay this uh, we, we have intelligence hearings going on very right now what if we find out that the connections that appear to be there with respect to Russian interference with our elections in fact are larger than we think right. uh, there's a reason why uh, the president is denying all this and making making up facts about what happened. What if we find out after the fact that we confirmed a, a Supreme Court justice that, in fact, the election was uh, significantly um, affected by the by the Russians, and then you have a Supreme Court uh, justice who is sort of there is there partly because of Russian Russian espionage. So I think for that reason, the priority really needs to be on the intelligence, finding out what actually happened on that. We move forward with. Yeah congressional hearings on that and postpone or at least delay. And that filibuster is at least one way you can the Democrats can try to delay uh, a final decision on this, even though they won't be able to uh, 
prevent it entirely. We're joined here in studio by uh, Wharton's Eric Ortz on the phone by uh, Bill Corrier, who is uh, Deputy Director for Legal Process at the Center for American Progress. If you'd like to join in with a comment or a question, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. In terms of the timing, Bill, how long will this all play out? Well, I mean, I've heard the Senate leaders say that they want the process to play out very quickly. Um, They're going to be on recess after, I think, the first week of April. Um, And Senator McConnell said he wanted to have a vote before then, um, which seems to me like a very, very fast timeline. Um, But if so, if it doesn't happen, then it could go into, you know, late April, early May. And if it plays out that that long into that period of time, uh, does it does does the possibility of a filibuster does it change any way any way in your mind because of the time frame? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it kind of depends on what happens at the hearing. Um, right. You know, Judge Gorsuch is going to be very polished and very articulate, um, and very I think he's going to seem very moderate in his answers. Um, but also, we could see other related events, um, like Eric was mentioning on Russia. Um, we've got the Senate um, Intelligence Committee investigating that right now. There could be any number of developments in that story. We've seen like something new happening every week, yeah. um, which could call into question, you know, what happened in the election, which, uh, you know, Donald Trump campaigned on saying, you know, uh, this election is going to be about the Supreme Court seat. The American people are voting. That's that's what Senator Grassley said last year. The American people are going to have a, their voice heard. Um, but we could learn, you know, a little bit more about whether or not um, that election was fundamentally um, flawed because of interference from uh, from the Russians. In the meantime, who knows? Yeah, and I, I think it it, it uh, confirms the argument for a filibuster. I, I think that I think it's true that um, I, I should, if I didn't say so before, uh, Judge Gorsuch is eminently qualified for the position. and uh, But by the same token, Merrick Garland was eminently qualified for the position, too. So yeah. this is not this is a this is not a, a case where uh, the 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 Democrats are suddenly changing the ball game. The ball game was changed uh, when uh, there was a refusal to even hold hearings on Merrick Garland yeah. for nine months. Uh, so and now you have a situation, and that was uh, I don't think there was any doubt that o- Obama was legitimately the president for eight years. So now <laughs> the question is, well, there is a question of whether the president is legitimately the president. Uh, we have an ongoing investigation about it. It's not going very far, uh, go- go- going very fast, but we have uh, lots of different dots to connect. Um, Senator McCain has said we have many. There are many other shoes to drop in this uh, in this saga of what's ha- what's happening with that. So, given that background, I don't really see any reason to rush this. And I think uh, that you it's not a it's not a comment on particularly uh, the J- Judge Gorsuch and his qualifications. Right. It's just a question of this overall background of the politics of the situation right. and the fact that yep. we should really wait to have this uh, have the have this uh, have the legitimacy of the presidents. Um, uh, election determined before we're going in and changing something as, as significant as who is on the Supreme Court. Great to have you both with us. Uh, Bill, thank you very much for giving us your time today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All the best. Uh, Eric, great to see you again as always. Good to see you. Thanks. Thank you. Eric Orts from the Wharton School, Bill Corer from the Center for American Progress. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.